Hello friends, this is Coach Peter. Welcome to another episode of the Wellness and High Performance Podcast. And in today's episode, we have a very special guest. Mr. Ethan Fleming is joined us in the studio. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, me too. Thank you so much for making it to the studio. It's absolutely awesome. <laughs> That's right. It's a good little setup here. It's awesome. Yeah, it's just slowly, you know, started from like nothing yeah. and just slowly building it up and i just got to mention that we're propped up on about 17 <laughs> pillows right now though <laughs> you know age doesn't come by itself like gotta i've got to really gotta like have this lump gotta have this lumbar support <laughs> yeah. and to be honest i blame this shitty ikea so far right. it's, not, it's not the best one the pillows are working so it's all good it's yeah all good. <laughs> awesome so ethan you've been in the in the podcast before quite a quite a while ago actually now yeah i mean yeah. well we probably did that Six months ago, maybe even longer. It was yeah. it was longer. It was yeah. just before that the the jeep pull. Oh shit! That's yeah. A, yeah, that's over a year ago now. Yeah, yeah. So could you yeah. just give a just a brief um, intro to who's Ethan Fleming? Okay, just can do. Um, who's Ethan Fleming? So I mean, in terms of health and fitness, Ethan Fleming. I just am obsessed with doing challenges. I love uh, finding crazy physical feats that, at first glance, you would think, well, that's not possible. And then just trying to work at it until it becomes possible. So it's the obsession with all the resilient stuff that really fascinates me. So that is me, and that's what I love doing, really. Yeah, and that like your Instagram bio, suffering enthusiast. Yeah. That that kind of I like it. That that kind of yeah. captures it. That's right. Yeah, like I honestly don't know how else to put it. Like I yeah. just enthusiastic about suffering. Yeah. yeah. So finding new ways where you can push yourself and test yourself. Everyone needs to have a hobby, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I had something else, but this is here. This is what I want to do. Unfortunately, <laughs> love it. That's that's awesome. So last time I got to ask you, like last time, just before we we did the episode, you were preparing to pull your Jeep Wrangler for 100 kilometers around mm-hmm. the Avalon Airport in, yeah. in Melbourne. So yeah. how did that go? Yeah, it was rough, as you could probably imagine. Yeah. Um, th- you know what? That was such an interesting challenge, right? Because I've done a lot of challenges where I've had small training preps. That one was not a small training prep. Like I. I gave everything to that. So I do feel like from a physical standpoint, I actually held up reasonably well. Um, for, it was the sleep deprivation that got me. So I thought, oh, the body will break at some point. I'll get cramps. No, like I, my physically, there was a point of exhaustion, but mentally I was just in the, I was in the shitter for a long time. Like it was just... I don't even know how to, how to put it in words. It was demoralizing. Okay. That's probably the way to say, to say it. Because <laughs> the whole thing took you 48 yeah, hours? So 48 hours and something. Um, so I woke up, you know, in the morning around 5, 6 a.m., started at 10 a.m. on the Wednesday, and then finished Friday around 11 a.m. Yeah, so it was... Wow. It was rough, yeah. And no, no sleep and... <laughs> Probably about 10 minutes of sleep, which was a shocking idea because I woke up and I was confused. Yeah. Like, I feel like the doms started kicking in because yeah. you know when you have your training session at night and you sleep, you wake up sore? Yes. It was like that in 10 minutes. Yes. So, um, but no, no sleep. And that was the hardest part is because, I mean, you can physically take yourself to the limit, but there is a point where your body just says, hey, listen, mate, like you need to sleep yeah so i was having like hallucinations it's um confusion i was having extreme emotions so you know someone would pass me like a water bottle and i'd just be so grateful i couldn't explain it and i'd just start like you know welling up in my eyes just like thanks thanks man thanks for being there for me um 
you know, I was, I was at one point I was dragging the car and just like closing my eyes half asleep and just letting my body weight do it for me. It was, yeah, it was a, it was an experience. That's for sure. And how did you overcome that? that or those, those moments of like, uh, you know, <sighs> when, in the dark. Yeah. When, when you're in dark. the, in the mental gutter, right? Mm. Like there's, I think that you hit the wall in a challenge like that. You hit the wall a, a, a lot of times, right? It's not just this one point where you hit the wall and go, okay. I need to get over it. Like in a marathon, for example, you can't hit a wall around that 30-ish K mark. Yep. You know, maybe glycogen's left. Yeah. This is different. Like you're going to hit a wall at 10K, 20K, 30K. <laughs> so each each way you overcome that, I think is a little bit different um, depending on how bad you are. So in sometimes the way you overcome the, the mental gutter is just by being present, like focusing on your breath, mm. um, by not overthinking the situation too much. Sometimes it's by like power posing, music. Sometimes it's through just really dark places in your mind. Like I think each, the more toolbox you kind of have, the more tools in your toolbox, sorry, the more you can pull out when things get rough. And I think we rely, we, everyone has their own tips of how to do it, right? Like mm. Goggins has got the cookie jar. Yes, yeah, so yeah I've heard yeah. that one. Which yeah. is fine. But when you, like, sometimes you don't need to reach in and be like, why am I here? Sometimes yeah. you just need simpler solutions. Yes. Like simpler solutions could be just coming back to your breath. I think the hardest thing for those challenges, well, personally, the, the hardest thing I found for that challenge was trying not to think about the fact that you're there for two days yes. like there is no avoiding that yes. and when you're when you're like seven hours into a challenge like that you're thinking holy shit like yeah. how the hell am I going to do another 40 hours when I'm already this <laughs> mentally crushed so your mind starts racing you start getting anxious you start thinking worst case scenario and that's where you've kind of got to come back down to just fundamental the fundamentals right like breath movement just simple shit. And then you build momentum. Then you hit a wall again. You do it all over again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because that, that, that's like the, those overwhelming moments. Like that is an yeah. overwhelming amount of... It's, it's a completely in, <laughs> incomprehensible. Mm. You know? It's totally at, at that point in time. Like yeah. it's, it's such an incomprehensible amount of time that's left. That, that the, like the only way is to like just it's come back. Come, yeah. yeah just, come I don't even like, um, like, you know, when you run, right. Mm. And you'd be really good at this because of all your stuff. But when you run, sometimes thinking about how much longer you've got, breaking it down is not the right way of doing it. Agree, like I actually, I kind of go against the whole incremental breakdown thing where people are like, Oh, it's one K only four lots of 250 meters. Or, yeah. I actually don't like that, especially for endurance events. I think just being present and being with the movement and time kind of flies. You know what I mean? You get 100%. that. 100%. Yeah, hundred percent. That's 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 actually what like really reignited like this like enjoyment of like running that I re- I used to have like as a as a younger when I was younger I used to run a lot, forgot about that and then like started running again. I really just enjoyed that like how um, the only way to like overcome that like little bit of anxiety about like oh shit like I've come this far I've got this much to left. <laughs> Is, is to just like, okay, like just green. It's green everywhere. Mm. Look at the tree. It looks so nice. Baby thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I always kind of explain it as like the more brain dead you can become in a run, the better. Mm. You know, just think less. Try yeah. to think about nothing. Just like, like whatever it is. Like yeah. You, is it arm movements? Is it the trees? Whatever. Just get lost in the moment. Yeah. And then something will happen. You'll get, you know, 
you'll lose that. Yeah. And then you got to get lost in the moment again. And it's just that that's the constant battle. Yeah. The darker places you go, the harder it is to come back to the moment. Mm. The more tools you need to get out of that. And that's all it is. It's just yeah. different extremities of that. Exactly. And is it, isn't it also something that you, you know, you literally, it's a skill, essentially. And, and that you kind of like, as you, you go through these experiences, every time you get a little bit better at it. Mm. And, and I think a big one with that is like, yes, it's the skill, but it's also, it's like confidence comes from knowing that you can overcome it, right? Mm. So if you've never done a 24-hour event, it is demoralizing when you're 12 hours in because mm. you're like, how the hell am I going to do another 12 hours? Yeah. When you've done one, you know that this bad time will go. Yeah. You know that this cramp, if you give it time, you have salt, whatever, you do what you need to do, it'll go. Yeah. But you don't know that when you've never done that. Yeah. So the first, like the 48-hour challenge for me, which was my one and only 48-hour challenge, yeah. um, that for me was so demoralizing because I didn't have anything to go back on. Yeah. Like I was 24 hours in, everything was foreign. Yeah. So now that you've gone through that 48 hour challenge and you've kind of like moved this like the like the limiter or like the, the like the, the edge to yeah. here, 24 hours is nothing, right? <laughs> you know what? Like as ridiculous as it sounds, it's not it's not that it's nothing, but it becomes way less scary. Yeah. Yeah. So you start seeing it for what it is, which mm. is just a physical feat rather than this whole big mental thing that you have no idea about. Yeah. I know that I'm going to hate my life between the hours of, you know, 10 p.m. and 3 a.m. Yeah. I know that that is where I'm going to need the tools. Um I know that when the sun comes back up, I'm going to start feeling rejuvenated. Circadian rhythm is a big thing no one talks about in, mm. in challenges. Like if okay. you go against your circadian rhythm, it's very hard. You need to somehow work it in. What, what do you mean by that? Um, well, like for example, when you start, let's say you start a 24 hour challenge, right? Do you start at 10 a.m. or 10 p.m.? Mm. What would you do? Well, intuitively, I'd think about like, okay, I just want to get this shit done. Yeah. I'm going to wake up in the morning. I'm going to like start early. Yeah. I, I want to I wanna start early. And also like I'm a morning person. So I would start early. That's what, that's, so that's what I thought, right? Mm. And actually, to be honest, that's still what I do. Yeah. But, but theoretically, they reckon you should start later at night mm. because you do your most hardest time when you're feeling best. Mm. So you've got the most energy, you're feeling great, you knock out all the nighttime period when you're feeling great, sun comes up in the morning, you get a second wind. Right. Yeah. I don't know if that works or not, but it's just interesting how over a challenge, so many things play a part. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Never thought about it like that. You do when you're 2 a.m. Yeah. You shoot yourself. <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. So the, the latest one that you did, that was a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. You know, what did you do? So the assault bike, like yes. the sand bikes, I started at 2 p.m. and finished at 2 p.m. the next day. Okay. So I did 24 hours on it, as many kilometers as I could do. So I got the world record for that, thank God. Um, just, like, as soon as I finished it, I, I packed it up and left. Right. I did not, which in hindsight, I'm just a bit disappointed in myself because I feel like I, I could have got... Like, I beat the record by about 30 meters, no joke. All right, okay. Yeah, so yeah. it was 636 kilometers or whatever it was. Wow. And then something meters, and I only beat it by 30 meters. Because as soon as I finished it, I said, like, stuff is, I cannot do this. I'm yeah. going home. Yeah. It's not okay. Yeah. Broke me, actually, that one. Right, okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, think, I think the reason that one broke me is because in an event like... 
running or the carpool, you could have moments where you could take the tension off. Mm. The way that this was paced is it was constant tension for 24 hours. So I only was able to stop to wee. Um, so if you imagine that it's 24 hours on your quads, nonstop. Yeah. Like there was no, not like a normal bicycle where, you know, you get a downhill patch, you can yeah. drop the gears, no. you can rest it off for a bit. It wasn't that it was constant seven RPE for the whole time. Yeah. And like the, you know, uh, landscape ain't changing. It's <laughs> the same fucking shitty room that you're stuck in. And for those who don't, who don't know, air bike, fan bike is like the thing that you go like arms go like this and then you're pedaling at mm. the same time. Yeah, so the the pace I came and I came into it, man, with such such a inflated ego of what I thought was possible. Like I just I just completely dismissed the challenge. Yeah, I thought I've got a couple of weeks of training. I've done the assault bike a few times. This will be easy, mm-hmm. you know. Was not because what happens is this pace that you had to hold, which was around roughly about thirty k's an hour. Yeah, which to be honest, if you know an assault bike, it's kind of like just sit on there and chill. How many That's RPM it. would that be? Like I think it's in the low fifties. Low fifties. Okay. Yeah, very achievable. Yeah. Very achievable. And that was my mindset, right? I was like, RV low fifties or high forties. I yeah. can hold that for twenty four hours, no issue. Yeah. Problem is, is the thing that I didn't take into consideration on one of those bikes, it's like you know how your your legs like they're building up fatigue quite. I don't know how to say it, like quickly. There's quite quickly, right? Yeah. It's happening quite fast, and even though it feels easy. You the the uh, harder your legs take the beating, mm. the slower the pace goes. The mm. hard then the more effort you have to put into your legs yes. to keep the pace up, and it's a vicious cycle. So what happens is the more fatigued you get, the more they have to work, yeah. and just you just keep declining. Yeah, right. And it was just a constant decline. By the end of it, fifteen hours in, the pace that I thought was that if I got on now and did it, I would be like baby pace. Yeah, would crush me. Yeah, yeah. So it was. It was, um, they were always, the, these challenges went with the, the length of them, right? Is there's, there's so many unknowns. That's it. Yeah. And there's no other way to find out than just you know, <laughs> going into it. No. And it's like, I mean, I've learned a little bit now, but like, it's the niggle at the, in the first three hours that you go, oh yeah, that's just a small pain. Mm. That's coming to get you at 17 hours. Like right. that little small tweak in your finger that you're like, oh, that's all right. Yeah. That turned into a blister that destroys your life. Yeah. Yeah. It's everything's in an extreme way, right? Like if you imagine just, if you just rub the wall with your finger for 24 hours, what would happen, right? Like after 24 hours, it's probably going to have a blister. It's probably going to be red raw. Yeah. That mixed in with full body movements. It's, it's scary stuff sometimes. Yeah. So imagine like, especially the gooch took a bit of a, <laughs> took a bit of a beating. Oh, yeah. And for those who don't know, gooch is the area that's between where the sun doesn't shine and then even a darker place than that. Yeah. It's so, not good. Yeah. yeah. That, that You're is, sitting nice and good now though. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I'm, I'm like swaying to one side. Honestly, it's, it's, I don't want to go into it too much, but yeah. I've actually got scar tissue down. All there. right. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm like, if I'm like a boxer that goes in and gets into a fight, right? Yeah. And as soon as you get hit there, it's... <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. Okay. It's not okay. It's not yeah. okay. And you know what? There's no way of getting around it. Because yeah. every, everything I've been doing always seems to just somehow hit that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what I want to know, Ethan, like, what did you use to, you know, keep your ass on the seat or what was left of your ass at this point? <laughs> like after, you know, 14 hours done, 10 hours to go. You mean what mentally kept me yeah, on? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like what I did believe, you do? Yeah. What did you Physically, do? there was nothing, that's for sure. But um, I don't know. I think what I do now is very different to what I used to do, right? Mm. What I, 
I feel like I've established a really good base. Um, I talk about this a bit. I think you need to have a personal understanding of yourself. And I know that this is such an airy-fairy answer to this question because mm-hmm. people, what, what people want to hear is, you know, you've got to think about your past and why you want to do it. Like, or like what this means. To you. No, I think that's, that is helpful. That's the toolbox stuff. But you need to have a really good foundation of who you are as a person. For me, that's like, what are my values? I value doing hard things. I value doing what I said I was going to do when I said I was going to do it. Um, I value not giving up on things when things get hard. And those now, because of my understanding of those things, they're very ingrained in the way I do things. Yeah. So for me, when I walk into that challenge, there was like, I'm dying or I'm like getting the challenge, yes. right? Like there's just no if, buts or maybes yeah. because of that understanding and how intrinsic that is to me. Four years ago, it was more about the Goggins cookie jar. It right. was more about having something to prove. It was just a... There was more tools in the toolbox. Where this was just... You've got to do it. Yeah. yeah. You said you were going to do it, so do it. Don't get me wrong. There are points, though, where that goes out the window. <laughs> like that 2am that mark when you go, why did I even do this? Yeah. That's where the toolbox stuff comes in. It's kind of like 80% of the time is through those foundational things, like what we're speaking about with running. So you're just being present, having your core foundation, and then you've got the 20% toolbox, which is when shit gets rough, to put it bluntly. Yeah. And that's where you've got to pull out the tricks and tips. Yeah. For me, that's like power posing, um, alter egos, yeah. you know, dark thoughts, um, music, whatever it is at yeah. the time. Yeah, sometimes it can just be like I, I on the burpees years ago. I wrote a letter to myself to read when I was in a dark moment, and I read that letter and I was like, "What a little bitch! Let's get to work." <laughs> can be anything, man. You just need to think outside the box sometimes when you're in those dark places. Yeah, and would you say that like that those spending obviously like you've spent some quality time by yourself, like <laughs> you know, like during these things and during the training up to these things. Would you say that like that's you know 100% like you don't you don't accidentally work out all your values passions purposes principles you don't work that stuff out just naturally you've got to actually like spend the quality time by yourself to do that Um, like I'm I'm one of those people that lives in solitude like I don't feel alone but I live in solitude and I recharge by being by myself so a lot of those times during those challenges I feel like I actually get to work through a lot of stuff as well um, and they're all the, most of the time these physical endeavors are like zone two stuff right so you actually can have a bit of time to think yes that first seven hours if you know whatever it is the first couple of hours you should be trained enough to enjoy it exactly yeah yeah it shouldn't be rp at 10 like, <laughs> like hard red at 170 redlining yeah. and like no 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 exactly yeah. so like if you you know if you're an ultra runner and you're doing your first 30 40 k should feel all right yeah you know if you run marathons your first 10 20 you should be able to enjoy it yeah. so i think I get a lot of alone time to enjoy it and that's quite nice. And it definitely, in that time, you've got 10 hours of just nothingness. So you're going to work some shit out. That's for sure. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I actually, um, like, for that reason, like, I actually enjoy it just off topic, like flying. A lot of people say, like, flying is the worst thing. How do you go to Finland? It's two 10-hour flights consecutively. Mm. It's great. Because, like, no one expects anything of me. Mm. And, like, it's just, like, this time of, like, uh, like an island in time where you're just, like, by yourself and can just work through that stuff. Yeah. And, yeah, you can... 
what's it's like you get no notifications on a flight you can sort through maybe some thoughts that you haven't yeah. you know you've been burying down i like to, when i have a flight like i like to actually that's when i start to plan my life a little bit mm. like things that i wouldn't normally do but you're right it's forced alone time it's forced solitude i loved forced solitude yeah um I think that people this day and age don't have enough solitude at all. And like this, and I mean, you can be alone, but still not have solitude, right? On your phone. Like that's not solitude. No. That's just you being on your phone. Yeah. Like we just, and something I still struggle with is just like trying to find more times to be alone. And I think that if the more we do that, the more resilient we become naturally because of more clear who we are. Right. Just, I know this is always, I have such a deep philosophy on resilience, mm. but I think that it's, like resilience has got this, the word resilience, if you actually look at it right, it sounds so like hardcore, tough. It, Goggins as well makes it really feel like this, not enough openness to it. Mm. Where I think resilience comes from like deep self-awareness, like deep ability to be vulnerable, all of these things. And that's the stuff that gets you to do crazy shit. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, because that's the, the intrinsic confidence that there's no yeah. if. Yeah. It just is. That's it. And the more the more you are clear on something, usually the less resilience it takes, right? Like if you know truly why you want something, things just fall into place. So that's why when people are like, oh, you know, how do you do these crazy challenges? I'm like, yeah, I just read a lot of books on self-awareness. They're like what? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, because I'm so deeply aligned with what I'm doing. It's just easy. Yeah. That's where if, if we can get your value systems right, if we can get clarity... Things just happen. So people always go to the outside first. It's the same with clients, isn't it? Yeah. Like pe- people want to lose weight. They don't. They don't get clear on why they want to lose weight. What's yeah. important to them? You know, health and fitness isn't in their value system, so yeah. they don't naturally do things the way they should. So as as coaches, it's like, what is our job? Is our job to to supply them with the tools from a knowledge point of view, or is it to help bring that value system in? I don't know. Like it's both, like both, a bit yeah. of both. Cause like you, you, like you can have the best tools in the world, mm. but if they don't like become, if, if it's not a, if there's not a life real, like identity, identity switch or like a lifestyle yeah. change doesn't happen. You're not going to apply them consistently mm. or you might, but not for long enough so that you'll actually see like a true, you know, transformation that you can maintain. Like a lot of people don't have a problem losing a bit of weight yeah. or like building a bit of muscle mass a lot of people have a big problem maintaining those results like massively yeah. and you see it as well like you see you see someone who didn't value health and fitness and they always struggled with you know training they struggle with eating clean and then you see that actual value system shift eventually and then they just start making better decisions they start actually enjoying it which is nice like but i think that that value shift is actually what makes the big difference and i think it's like we're getting off topic i don't know i no, don't even know what the topic is actually but i think as a coach like your job is to somehow find what their current value system is whether that be family work whatever and then attaching health and fitness to that yes. and if you can get them to see the correlation between the two it just happens right yeah. like if oh you're gonna have energy for work oh yeah cool i wouldn't i like work yeah <laughs> all right i can see how this works yeah exactly yeah. you get to spend more time with your 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 kids yeah like you're gonna be able to like as a for a lot of guys it's like have you ever thought about like if you can't run now or like if you can't like do any kind of like stuff with your body then what are you gonna do in 10 20 years when you got a couple of kids and they're like running amok around you like playing ball you can't participate because you're afraid to blow out your back or your knee or whatever like what yeah. the hell 
you got to, you know. Yeah. I think people people see health and fitness when they first start, especially. But people just see health and fitness to be this like external thing, mm. right? And then people they want help with the external. The coach says, "I'm going to help you with the external." And then there's this whole internal thing that's not touched. And I mean, it's hard as a, as a coach, especially, right? Because someone says to you, I want to lose weight. You don't say, well, what are your value systems? You know, mm. tell me about what you value. Yeah. You can't. Yeah. That's why I think personal training is such an interesting role because it's like you're the gateway into their whole life and their whole world. And you have so much potential to make a change in their life. So if you look at coaching as, or any coaching as a value system and an intrinsic an intrinsic thing versus this surface level aesthetics and it makes a big difference. That's hard to get a young coach to do that. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious, like, how do you... For me, it's like, you know, in the first consultation, like, it's actually funny. Like, in the first consultation, usually I can see that the client, sometimes, usually people get it, but after, sometimes it happens, I can kind of tell that, why are you asking me these questions? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And like, didn't we come here to talk about, like, nutrition and, like, um, then we come and talk, talk about like whatever yeah. they think that is associated with this, but I'm asking them questions about like, you know, why, mm. why do you want to do this? Like, what's that going to help you to do? Like, mm. what's that giving you that you don't have right now? These sorts of things. Yeah. I think, um, client, like, clients always rejected always, um, not all, all of them, but most of them. Right. But the thing I always say is I was like, have you ever been on Google and nutrition? Uh, sorry, have you ever been on Google and just Googled like how to eat clean? Mm. They're like, no. I was like, so the information is not the problem, is it? It's oh, application, isn't yes. it? Like you can go and get a training program anywhere. Yeah. And look, for most people that don't exercise, especially, like it's going to have, they're going to get results with it. Yeah. If they just Googled eating cleaner and just Googled how to train better, they're going to make an impact. That's it. That's some good answers these days. I give, uh, I tried that on ChatGPT yeah, and yeah. it was, a, I was like, I asked him how to get lean and yeah. I was like, wow, like that was a good, like yeah. it gave me like a 10 point break and I'm like, wow, like that was a really good answer. Like I would say most of, most of those things. Man, it's yeah. nuts, isn't it? Like I wrote, I, I was, um playing around with it. I was like, write me a seven day meal plan for this many calories, this many macronutrients. Yeah. I wanted to have this much and it just printed it out for me. And wow. it was phenomenal too. Wow, yeah. Phenomenal. I mean, it made a couple of mistakes, yeah. but like seven day meal plans now done in three seconds. Yeah. You know, we can do a seven day bodybuilding split now. It's just nuts. Yeah. I'm, I'm blown away by chat GPT. Yeah. I think, um, I think it's going to create a lot of poses in the fitness space, which unfortunately we already have. So yes. it's going to amplify the crap out of that. Cause now you can go and be an expert or pretend to be an expert very, very easily. Yeah. So it's going to, I think it's going to increase, um, face to face value, but decrease, you know, surface level value, like yeah. social media is going to plummet and things like that. Yeah. Just my take on it. But. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, Ethan. So where would you, as, as someone who's listening to this and is like realizing that, okay, like I've probably, this isn't something that I've really explored much, explored much in my life until now. So where would you kind of recommend someone to get started with? From like a physical challenge point of view? Just or? from like more so like just the, I mean, that's obviously one of the tools that can be used, but mm -hmm. more for like the, the mental side of things and like really starting to explore that, like those, you know, the, the limits or like the, your, your, yeah. yeah, it's 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 a really good question and it's a really hard one to answer because there's no like perfect answer, right? Mm. I think, I think if I could give anyone a tip that is a little bit unorthodox and something that's not out there is to explore 
yourself from a self-awareness point of view, right? I think doing that first is the number one thing that people don't do. It's the number one thing they should do. Um, otherwise, you're going to end up, one, doing something that doesn't matter to you. Like, let's say your goal was to do something physically like, and you chase a bodybuilding comp and it means nothing to you, why do it, right? Mm. So I think you've got to get a good grasp on yourself. And the ways that you can do that is alone time, maybe catch more flights, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> to, like, some, to some quiet islands. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. um, but I think forced, forcing solitude into your day is probably, like, that could be going for a walk by yourself. Um, that could be like, you know, waking up earlier than you need to just to sit with yourself. It could be journaling. Yeah. It could be, you know, going for runs, not without music, just like forcing actual alone time. And you don't necessarily need to have a structure in that alone time. The more space you give, the more things will come into that space. Um, that is really important because that will give you a foundation. Once you have that foundation, it's about exploring what the next limit is for you then that, that comes down to just doing something outside of your comfort zone as often as you can, but not something, it doesn't necessarily need to be something so outside of your comfort zone. Um, for me, my first thing that I, my first proper challenge I ever did was a marathon. And the idea of that back then as well crushed me. Like it was, I could not believe that I was doing this. I was like, thought I was crazy, right? And it's, now I would, I can still, I still don't want to do a marathon, don't get me wrong, but now the, the pendulum's moved. Yes. Yeah, the limit has moved. So I know that it's possible, still don't really want to do it that much, but I know it can be done. Yeah. Same for the 24 hour, the 48 hour, like you just got to keep going. Yeah. Um, and I think that don't get too carried away with what everyone else is doing. Like don't, you don't need to go do a 24 hour event. Yeah. Um, if you have only run 10K, just go run 12. Exactly. But I guess the only other... Uh, devil on my shoulder here. The only other argument to that is <laughs> sometimes just throw yourself in the fucking deep end, man. Yeah. Like, just go after it and fail. And people have this... I'm rambling, but people have this, like, thought process that if they can't do it well, they seem to pigeonhole it as not being able to do it. Mm. Those are two completely different things. Yes. Okay? So, for example, everyone always says, I cannot run a marathon. Yes. And it drives me fucking crazy. Yeah. I can't stand it. Because they have, I was like, what's the first you've ever run? Like 10K, sweet. Have you ever tried to run a marathon? No. Okay, shut up. Yeah. Like you you haven't tried. Yeah. Um, my f- longest ever run in my life before I did the marathon was 12K and I'm not a runner. I'm shocking. Like shocking. I hobble. I look useless. I ran it in like almost six hours. It was shocking. And I couldn't walk for <laughs> Oh a, my God. Yeah, it was so bad. <laughs> I, I pretty much, and I couldn't walk for a month. Like it was, yeah. I was not okay. And that's the part that like, after hearing all this, you're like, oh, what a fit dude. No, yeah. like, it's useless. <laughs> um, but that's my point is like that, I, I managed to take my limit of what I thought was 12K and sh- straight to 42. Yeah. And yeah, I suffered from it a little bit, but sometimes just going head first can also have its positives. Yeah. That's what I love about you. Like when I, um, I actually, how for me, this shift to like, okay, I'm going to do more running. Me and Therese, we were at this cabin in Finland and I was like, you know what? I'm going to go for a 10K run this morning. And if I can, if, if it feels okay, even a little bit okay, I'm going to try to run the Melbourne Marathon. <laughs> yeah, nice. I went for it and then it felt kind of okay. Or I didn't like die. It didn't feel great. After the, after the fact, I'm sitting there, I'm looking, I'm like, fuck, I really, I'm thinking about this thing now. And I'm like, <laughs> who's someone who I can message and who's going to validate me here? And <laughs> even Fleming, I messaged you. I'm like, hey, bro. 
what's the shortest that you've ever done a marathon? Like, what's the shortest preparation that you've ever done? Because that was only six weeks until Melbourne Marathon. You're like, a week. All right. <laughs> Just, just, and then you gave me some tips on like, just make sure you get take some salts, or otherwise you'll die real early. And I was like, great, sign me up. I'm, I'm gonna fucking do it. Yeah, and you and ran it quick as. It's hey? good. It's a good pace too. Oh, for like, but like you just you go from strength training your whole life, and then bang, just bang out a marathon. Yeah, I, I, but I I died as well. But that that was the like a lot of people ask me. It, it's like, you know, like how did you? Why, why are you doing a marathon? Why aren't you doing half a marathon? And for me, I'd already like removed a lot of my limiters in in the military, like in mm-hmm. Finland, like um, almost ten years ago. Now we have to do some like stuff that took a long time. So mm-hmm. I knew already that what I can do, like what I can do in training, and then what I can do if someone's like, you know, not holding a gun in my head, but basically like there's no other option. Like what's actually possible? I know that there is a big gap. Mm. and the only way to learn like okay how actually big that gap is and then try to make it smaller is to get it out there 100% and it comes like why it's like well it comes back down to like why you're doing the marathon you're not doing the marathon so you can be a world record holder in a marathon no no, like so who gives a shit just get it done like and then I think that's where you gotta we've gotta frame the question differently like it's like am I capable of running one kilometer 42 times Mm. yeah probably my life depend on it, I could probably do it yeah. with no training. I could walk it, it might take me eight hours, but I could do it. Do yeah. I care if it takes me seven hours? Yeah. No, no, actually, no, maybe I don't. Yeah. Yeah, let's just go do it then. It'll be a long day, but yeah. it, it can be done. Yeah, and that's, I think that's just what you've just got to keep doing is just seeing it from like a real, real logical point of view. Like if you wrote it on paper and broke it down really in baby steps, like is it possible? Yeah. The answer most of the time is probably yes. Are the consequences bad enough? to not do it sometimes they are definitely um ask my like no nerves in my hands but (laughs) yeah how's that going yeah not good i still can't close these like at all right yeah after the just holding on to the assault bike yeah for some reason my left ones have come back my right ones still haven't come back i still can't get this to you can't close the at all right can you make a fist i can make a fist but i still can't i still like i've actually this one's shaking me up a bit like i'm three weeks into no training almost right like i went for a little bike ride this morning probably like six k's and my legs caught today yeah 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 it's just um that's where the logic sounds good yeah but there are consequences and you have to decide what's more important yeah and if you don't prepare well enough you will have consequences for me Sometimes it's nice to not have to spend nine months to train for that one thing. I would rather have the consequences for four to six weeks mm. and have been able to enjoy my training a little bit more. Mm. That, you know what I mean? Like be able to still do four weights because yeah. that's nice or three yeah. weights rather than doing two weights and four conditioning. Yeah. Like, it's, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Well, what's next for you in terms of like, um, obviously like granted that this thing goes away and you, you know, cause you've, you've got five records right now yeah. where's this thing going like where's where's the uh i don't know for like i've definitely got I've, i want to keep doing little like little smaller micro records so like 24 hour 12 hour event type stuff yeah right i want to knock off more of them until i work out the one the one like, so when i'm in the one i'm yeah. like you know the one i i just know when i'll, I'll find an adventure yeah that's going to be really long it's going to be crazy. Like, you yeah. know, like Ned Brockman type. Yes. Or like, I want to find that for me, but I know I'm not, I don't want to do running. 
I don't mm. want to do biking. I don't want to do swimming. Mm. So I don't know what adventure mm. it is yet. But when I find it, yeah, that's going to be the one. And until then, I just like helping people do it. Yeah, it's fun. You know, yeah. I think everyone should take. I think everyone should strive to do some crazy stuff because it just changes you as a person. Yeah. Have you done any more of those? You you did like a retreat. That was a while back. Yeah, so I did. I did the retreat with like eight people. Haven't done it since. Mm. Um, I just I'm at a point where I'm still exploring, and I've I tried to go into the teaching, and I just decided I'm not I'm not I want to be able to when I do teach people I want to be able to give them everything. Yeah, and like I can do it in these on this level right now, yeah. podcast talking. But for me to be able to monetize it and take someone's money for it, yeah. I would feel wrong not doing it until I have explored the darkest places yeah. of my mind. The one. The one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> after like, the one. After the one. Yeah. And literally, the way that I want... My journey is like when I do the one, like the records are great, tips and tricks along the way. When I do the one, I feel like I am ready as a human being. I know logically I could do it now, but yeah. I feel would feel comfortable as a human being to actually take someone's like, hey, you give me this much money, yeah. I'm taking you away and you're going to come back a beast. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Very good. Love that. Cool. Ethan, thank you so much for coming. Who can, um, how can people find out more about you and um, connect with you if they want? Um, probably the, the only one that I'm like constantly managing is Instagram. But if you just pop in Ethan Fleming on Google, you, you'll see all the challenges and stuff. They're scattered around the first three pages. Awesome. Yeah. And that's Instagram at Ethan Fleming. Yeah, or, just uh, Ethan J Fleming. But Ethan yeah, J. yeah. If you just like, it's I'm, I've done a good job of making myself uh, a, quite easy to find. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. You you were in this. Um, what, one more thing. The you were on the show. How did that oh, go? Yeah, what was the show? traders? Oh yeah, yeah. I didn't. I got the I got the asshole edit on that one. I think. Oh but, really? Yeah. <laughs> I only made like three episodes and they got cut. Right. Yeah. So I have no idea why. I just. I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. Like, I love some of the content that was coming from that. Though. It was, it was just great. Yeah, it was. Oh, yeah, it was. It was not my, not my uh, bro- best time. I didn't shine too well on that okay. show. Yeah, I think I found that found that quite difficult because um, everyone there was such a big personality. Mm. I thought I was a big personality. Right. I was just. I was a small personality. Right. Yeah. It's nuts. Nuts. Yeah. Very good. Cool. Thank you so much for coming. If you've enjoyed this episode. Would you please do us a favor and share with at least one other person who you think that would also benefit from this episode? It would help us out a lot if you left us rating and review review on the platform that you're consuming this information from. Other than that, I hope that you have an absolutely fantastic rest of the day and a fantastic rest of the week. This is Coach Peter, Ethan Fleming. See you in the next episode.